Well, good morning. It's Amy here on the Amy Mills Live Show, and I'm uh, super excited to be with you all this morning. You're going to have to just bear with my voice, please. I'm just babbling all kinds of crazy stuff, but the show must go on, right? So I'm going to do my very best here um, to make my voice (laughs) pleasant enough for you to listen to. But I want to launch right into what we're going to talk about today. And that is continuing on, moving towards the end of our series on uh, praying the promises of God over our life. And I feel like that I've got enough fantastic material here uh, to go a couple of more mornings with you. But today I have several promises that I want to jump into And what I did is I found some stories to go along with those uh, promises, Um, a book that I found, I believe the guy's name is Shreve. I think that's the way you say it, Mike Shreve. And he's done a lot of uh, writing on uh, powerful promises from God. And so I looked at his book this week and just found some really interesting stories. This guy is... Wow, I mean, he is he is so on fire for the Lord, and so believes in every promise of God and the supernatural. Um, I, I guess just the supernatural ability for us to um, stand to stand on the promises of God. And, and this guy has lived an incredible life, and he has stories you cannot imagine of just the supernatural things of God. And so I, I want to go into that. Before I do, let's just set the stage here. I just highlighted some things that the Bible says that are promises to us, that we can pray over our lives and believe in our lives and This morning, you may be listening, and maybe you're not a believer, and maybe you don't understand the Word of God or what promises of God even mean. And so I hope by the end of this morning, and even tomorrow, I'm on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and going to continue this conversation tomorrow. But just for you to understand, do you know there are are over 7,000 promises in the Bible, 7,000 statements in the Bible that we can pull into our lives as promises from the God, from, from God. And we're just tapping into a couple of them. Uh, for instance, um, Ezekiel thirty six twenty six says, in the new covenant, God places a new spirit in his people. The new covenant meaning when Jesus came here on earth, um, as man, but also as God, and uh, brought the new covenant here for us. Ephesians 4, 24 says, the new man is created in true righteousness. With the heart, God's people believe unto righteousness. That's Romans 10, 10. Isaiah 61, which I'm going to end this morning with, I'm going to end this morning with one of my favorite verses of all times that is full of promises. And I'm going to share with you a special meaning that I had in my life um, as I was really, really struggling. But 
it says in the new covenant, God promises to give his people beauty for ashes. That means so many things to so many people. But to me, what that means is that I can lay down the ashes of my life. And if you can just even imagine or picture a a mound of ashes, when you have a fire, when you burn something, there's a mound of ashes that's left in the fireplace. That's all that's left after something's been burnt up. It's just the ashes. And if you can just visualize um, that transference of ashes unto the Lord and what he gives us back is is beauty, is life, is enrichment. So we have this amazing exchange that can happen with our Father in our lives um, as we walk out our salvation and as we transform our inner man, we are able to hand over ashes and what God gives us back is beauty and this is a promise of God. This is, this is a, just a tiny example of what we mean when we say the promises of God in the word. And then you began to pray that over your life. In the new covenant, God promises to give his people beauty for ashes. Matthew says, God fills those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So that promise says, if I thirst for righteousness... God is going to fill me up. If I am hungry for righteousness, then the Lord is going to answer that hunger and that thirst for the good things. He, he is going to replace and impart and, and to me. I, I think the better word is impart. Impart unto me righteousness. And so these are the promises of God. Um, Ephesians 1, 4, in God's sight, believers are holy and blameless. And that's so hard for some of us to come to uh, the realization that once we have received Christ as our Savior, he looks at us as holy and blameless. It's it's sometimes people say to me, you know, it just Amy, I don't get it. It just seems too good to be true. And and, and it kind of just is too good to be true. It's amazing the trade-off that God allows us to have. And so as we journey through these promises today and tomorrow, um, I just want to set your heart in that place of um just try to find your place, your yourself in a place of gratefulness. Just feeling grateful and thankful that there is a God in heaven that you can access and that you can turn to and start to have this impartation of all of these promises in your life. And one of the things that this guy does, Mike Shreve, he believes at such a high level. This guy is able to put himself in a place of believing at such a high level that he stands in these promises until they come to fulfillment in his life. And the stories he has behind that, they're just mind-boggling. But it it's the supernatural um I guess it's the supernatural 
coming to life as we stand at a level of belief that God calls us to believe. He says, you know, that he leaves the Holy Spirit to do greater things than even he did while he was on earth. And that's a whole conversation in itself. Dr. Ben and Dr. Gerard at Focused On You Chiropractic adjust your spine with a highly specialized system, correcting nerve interference in the upper spine, allowing the rest of the spine to become healthy and stable. The result is less pain, better health, less illness, and a better quality of life. No cracking, popping, or twisting ever. Connect to Dr. Ben at FocusedOnYouChiropractic.com. This is Amy on the Amy Mills Live Show, and just super excited to be with you every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. If you would like to find out about the ministry of this show, it's soldoutministries.com. It's like your soul, S-O-U-L, soldoutministries.com. And um, to make it easy, if you just want to jump over to amymillslive.com, you can get to sold out from there. And the cool thing about amymillslive.com is that we podcast every single radio program. So if I'm in a series or if you missed a morning, then you can just uh, jump up on any platform that covers podcasts and I'm there and you can take it with you during the week. Um, This is a series that we're in, Praying the Promises of God. This came out of just a desire in my life to change the, I guess, to change the theme of my prayer life. Because I think when we get into life and we have some things that are really weighing on us, we have situations or we have desires or we have needs, and we begin to pray and pray and pray about it to the point where these prayers almost become um, I don't know any other way to say it. Just desperate begging prayers that are de- almost like we're we're not even sure if God can answer these prayers. And, and that is not exactly what our prayer life needs to look like. Our prayer life needs to have a little bit more hope in it, a, a little bit more um, of us, as I just talked about before we went to break, just believing at such a high level that we serve a supernatural, all-powerful God that has our best interest at heart. And he wants to answer our prayers. He wants to answer them, though, in a way that will bless our lives and get us to point A to point B the way he has designed and fashioned our life. So, yes, he answers our prayers, and sometimes they don't look like what we thought it was going to be. And I try to be really transparent on this radio program about my life and how that, you know, all of these things that I talk about to give you some real life examples. But God is for us. So who can be against us? God is for us. But praying the promises of God, you know what it does, guys? It builds up our spirit, man. I mean, if nothing else, God doesn't need us to do any certain thing in our prayer life. I mean, he just wants us to come to him and have a relationship with him. But praying God's word over our life builds up our spirit, man. I believe that what we speak out over our lives, and it is scriptural, 
what we speak out of our lives, we start to see manifest. We start to see that positive or negative. It goes both ways. And so why on earth wouldn't we pray God's word over our life, his promises? Um, All right. Let me share with you, as I told you I would. Let's just take one simple um, scripture here and let's dial down into uh, what this author uh, gives a really, really cool story about this. He says, um, uh, he's talking about Romans eight twenty eight. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called to his purpose. All right. He says, when God says all things in this scripture, he meant it. And you know what? That includes the most painful disappointments and hurts you could ever face in life. Our father... Oh, my goodness. Our father is an absolute genius at turning negatives into positives, burdens into bounty, ashes into beauty like we just talked about. Oh, my gosh. God turns darkness into light and empty space into a magnificent universe that defies description. God has your best interest at heart. Romans 8, 28, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Um, Let's see, another way of declaring this wonderful truth, Deuteronomy 23, it says, nevertheless, the Lord your God would not listen to Balaam. Instead, the Lord your God turned the curse into a blessing on you because the Lord your God loves you. This passage refers to Numbers 22 uh, through 24 that deal with Balaam, the backslidden prophet, trying to call down enchantments um, upon Israel uh, at the king of of Moab's request. So this is what was going on in Israel uh, with this false prophet. And it says that with each attempt, Balaam was thwarted in his witchcraft and instead received a true oracle from God foretelling the ultimate victory that Israel would experience. So um, the author goes into this story. He said a, a, a few years back, as I was preparing a message on this theme, God turns blessing into curses into blessing. He said, uh, God interrupted my thoughts and he said, I always do that. I always turn every curse into a blessing in the lives of my people. That word from God gripped this guy. And he said, it really captivated my mind and compelled me to search God's word for some supportive evidence. And he said, I found an abundance. Uh, One of the prime examples, he said, was Joseph. If you don't know the story of Joseph, Joseph was betrayed by his brothers. He was sold into slavery. He was carried into Egypt. Um, That was a curse indeed. And uh, even though he faithfully served Potiphar, uh, the captain of the guard who purchased him, he was falsely accused. I mean, this guy had it rough. I got to tell you, for a long time, Joseph had it really rough. 
um, the, the captain of the guard who purchased him. He was falsely accused of making advances towards Potiphar's wife. He's thrown into prison, another curse. There he prophesied to Pharaoh's chief butler and chief baker, urging them to remember him to those in authority. So he has these two guys there, the butler and the baker, and he is... Um, prophesying to them so he's helping them out and he's asking them to remember him as they talk to those in authority instead they forget him uh, they forget the commitment that they made to him altogether there's a third curse yet God used all these apparent curses to weave his will and purpose into the lives of Joseph not just Joseph but Joseph and his family And this family had cruelly, cruelly mistreated Joseph. What an amazing God we serve. I want to tell you the rest of this story and another really interesting story about Madeline uh, Murray O'Hare, the greatest greatest atheist uh, ever known. Uh, And it'll all come right back to Romans 8.28. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God. Hey guys, thanks for taking a short break with me. I am super excited to invite you to a life-transforming, mountain-moving, inner-healing, get-rid-of-the-junk-in-your-trunk event. It is called Redemption Weekend, and it radically changed my life 20 years ago. It will change your life, too. Redemption Weekend is August 2nd through the 4th at T-Bar-M Retreat Center. Do not live another minute with strongholds in your life that are binding you from being all God intended you to be and all that you hoped for. Go to amymillslive.com and click redemption. Welcome back. It's Amy here on the Amy Mills Live show. We are in the middle of a uh, promise from God, Romans 8, 28, talking about how this can be Uh, literally applied to our lives. And I'm just talking a little bit about the story of Joseph. This guy had curse upon curse upon curse on his life. And I got to tell you, God turned this thing around big time for Joseph. And you know what? He will do the same for you. And can I just, just stop right here for one second? He will do the same for me. He will do the same for you. And I just pray over your life right now in the name of Jesus, that, Lord, you would make true in the life of every person, Lord, that is listening this morning, Romans 8, 28, over my life and over the lives of all of those listening, God, that every curse that has been set in motion, Father, that you would turn it back around into a blessing for those who love you, God. That, Lord, you have called us to your purposes, Lord. And that, Father, um, we would see the manifestation of this. We would see this come to life. That we would stand in faith, believing at a higher level than we've ever believed before, Lord. That we are going to see a blessing come out of what we feel is a curse in our life today. Amen? 
All right, so what happens to Joseph? So later on, Joseph was brought out of prison to interpret Pharaoh's dreams and was made Pharaoh's subordinate ruler ruler over all the land. I mean, this guy now has been taken literally out of the gutter and set into the palace. How many of you need that in your life right now? Oh, my gosh. In certain situations, I do. I have a situation. I need God to get me out of the gutter and into the palace, like right away. So he did it for Joseph. And it says that, um, uh, so he was Pharaoh's subordinate ruler over all the land. So now this family, that these brothers that, that sold him, um, be- they're begging. They are begging to be forgiven. They are now in need of uh, what Joseph has access to in his life. And here it is, it says from, uh, from Joseph, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many lives. So now do not fear. I will provide for you and your children. This is in Genesis. And you know what he did? Joseph took care of his parents all his brothers, his family, during seven years of famine. He was able to bring them to Egypt. He had favor with the king. He had access to everything they needed while this famine was going on. And it says the children of Israel prospered and multiplied when they all should have perished. That is is the ultimate example of the curse being turned into a blessing. All right, now before we run out of time, let me get this story out. This is so amazing. Uh, The author says, after finding multiple witnesses in Scripture about the Romans 828 Scripture, he said, I looked in my own life and found numerous incidents where this promise was present. Um, Invisible, subliminal, flowing like a deep, still current when chaotic waves were crashing on the surface that seemed to be completely uh, unmanageable. So he's saying that um, this truth, this promise was being woven through his life. Amen. Uh, As all of these chaotic waves were crashing, he says, a great example is the time Madeline Murray O'Hare, founder and president of the American Atheist, threatened me with legal action in 1981. He said, as an outreach of my evangelistic work for over 10 years, he conducted drug abuse assemblies in middle schools and high schools all over the United States, and he even did it overseas. Uh, He said a team of former drug users and addicts would accompany him, sharing their testimonies, and they would have amazing worship. And he said it was just hugely effective. It was back in the 70s and 80s, and principals were so desperate for help during the drug epidemic that they would allow them to go in and do these these uh, assemblies where he said uh, hundreds, hundreds of students would uh, receive salvation. And he said it was just an amazing thing. He said, once I spoke in Thomasville, North Carolina at several schools with very favorable results. In the local high school, about 300 students gave their hearts to the Lord. 
Uh, he said the local newspaper carried a huge story on this, applauding his efforts. He said, well, everybody seemed to agree, except that it came to the attention of Madeline O'Hare. She threatened legal action. He said, I still have the original letter where it says, Mr. Shreve, it has come to our attention that you've been entering public schools uh, with your drug abuse program for the introduction of uh the mental drug of religion. And it goes on and on and on. And she says, uh, send me your address so that I can, you know, perform legal action on you. And he said, in response to her request, I put, uh, I put out, I put her on my mailing list. <laughs> and she began receiving Christian magazines. And um, he said, back in Thomasville, my story was in the editorial column of the local newspaper several times a week. In one issue, they would publish letters to the editor from people that would lambast him about what he was doing. And then the next, very positive. The end of the story goes, uh, it went on for about six months, pros and cons, pros and cons in the newspaper. He said, until one day I called Madeline's son, Bill Murray, the very one she took to the Supreme Court when he was a boy in her quest to have prayer thrown out of schools. Ironically, later in life, her son was born again and became actively involved in trying to get prayer back into schools. I asked if he would be interested in speaking for me at an American for Jesus rally. He enthusiastically agreed. He said, we ended up having one of the biggest tent meetings ever in the city of North Carolina. I learned the power of believing in Romans 8:28. We know that all things work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. He said the dual conclusion of this matter was God turns curses into blessings because he loves us. God makes all things work together for our good because we love him. So in conclusion, I proclaim that God loves me with an everlasting love. He will turn every curse that comes our way into a blessing one way or the other. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. All things work together for my good. How cool is that, guys? What an amazing story. All right, we've got to run. Join me tomorrow at 930. Uh, This is Amy on the Amy Mills Live Show. No.